Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With Patricia Messenger on C103. And a very good morning to you and it certainly is a much brighter and nicer day today than it was. What a miserable day it was yesterday. So if you're heading out doing your shopping, today is traditionally the busiest shopping day of the year. So patience, folks, if you are heading out, but at least we've got nice dry conditions and we can expect some bright and sunny spells. I mean, I'm looking at a lovely blue sky at the moment. And temperature wise, I mean, we're into 9 to 12, it goes high as 12 degrees uh, Celsius. It's hovering around 10 degrees at the moment. So it's kind of mild for this time of year. Long may it last. I hear you cry. Now a listener has been on to us. I want to give a shout out to this for fear that I forget to do it to say... Um, that money was found at St. Gubnet's graveyard in Ballyvorney. It was found yesterday. Now we have the listener who was founded and is looking after the money. We have that person's number. So if you were in St. Gubnet's graveyard in Ballyvorney yesterday and you've lost money, we have a very honest, kind person who's looking after it for you. Make contact with Barney, please. And we can put you in contact with the person who found the money yesterday, St. Gubnet's Graveyard in Ballyvorney. Bernie is taking your calls at 1850-333-103 and text and WhatsApp is there at 0862-103-103. And of course, yesterday on the programme, I was chatting with Ralph Regal. And we were talking about the late Sophie Tuscon de Plantier because, of course, this is the 25th anniversary of the murder of Sophie Tuscon de Plantier. And it's just it struck me yesterday when I was chatting with Ralph that it's I, I find it at times hard to believe that 25 years on, it's a case that I'm still reporting on and talking about on the programme. But of course, our thoughts are very much with the family of uh, Sophie today. And actually, the family have decided to issue a fresh portrait picture that hasn't they haven't released before uh, to support the special memorial campaign to mark the 25th anniversary of uh, the French filmmaker and you know I mean we've seen photographs of Sophie over the years but the one they have released this unseen photo that they've released uh, today oh god she was just such a beautiful, beautiful woman. You know, she just, you just kind of get lost in her eyes. She really was uh, gorgeous. So that's what the uh, family has decided uh, to do. And actually, there's memorial notices have been placed 
Now I'm told they've gone into a number of uh, Irish publications. I spotted the one in the Irish Independent this morning and it's also in the Southern Star to mark the anniversary today of uh, Sophie's murder and it has been, it was placed I think by uh, f- uh, friends of uh, Sophie in uh, West Cork and uh, it's it's under the the caption, the, the notice under the little piece that's in the Independent today and I'm assuming it's the same in all the other papers is justice delayed is justice denied. Of course that's a, that's a famous quote from um, Martin Luther King. Uh, so her family, normally Sophie's family our parents in particular over the years traditionally have always come back to West Cork to mark the anniversary of their only daughter. But because of their age, their ill health and obviously because of COVID-19, they've ruled out any special memorial event in West Cork today being organised by the family. Instead, the family are expected to remember Sophie at a private prayer service that they'll hold in Paris. Now, friends and neighbours of Sophie will lay fresh flowers at the Stone Celtic Cross and the Stone Celtic Cross was erected and it stands in the exact spot where her body was uh, found. And it's a a Celtic cross and it just has simply just one word inscribed on it. It just says uh, Sophie. And I'm told also a number of her friends will be praying for her today at churches in Skull and in Goleen. And as I say, I mentioned Ralph Regal, who spoke with us yesterday on the programme. In today's Irish Independent, actually, he's a two page spread where he goes through in great uh, detail sort of 25 uh, questions that have um, have been sort of the key questions in respect of this 25-year hunt for the killer of uh, Sophie Tuscan-Duplanty and it's a really, really fantastic piece, well worth reading. Well done to Ralph that's in today's uh, Irish Independent. But as I say, we remember Sophie Tuscan-Duplanty and in particular thinking of her family uh, today. Now, on Post, the poor workers at On Post, we were only last week we did a piece about with On Post just talking about and, and I suppose acknowledging how hard our post men and women have worked right throughout the pandemic, but particularly at this time of year, we're always sort of giving a shout out to the postmen and women in the run up to Christmas. But it's seemingly, I'm reading in the papers today, that on post is going to recall workers a day early from their Christmas holidays. I just thought, oh, goodness me, they're probably already exhausted. And they'll be waking up to the news this morning that they're going to be asked to come back in a day early from their holidays. And it is to do what is expected to be a demand for the free HSE antigen test uh, kits. The HSE have requested that there be a full nationwide delivery of uh, post on Wednesday, December the 29th. So staff had not been due to return to work until the following day. The first day we were expecting to have post back would have been Thursday the 30th. So what they've the workers are going to be asked to do is they're going to be asked to work shifts of four hours in Lent. Now it will be paid I'm glad to hear it overtime uh, rates and they're going to be asked to give priority to the delivery of the COVID test kit. It seems the move was backed by the Post Service's largest union, the Communication Workers Union. Their General Secretary is quoted in the papers today, Sean McDonough, uh, saying that they issued a circular to all of their members, strongly urging them to cooperate, uh, to aid in the national fight against the Omicron variant. Sources have suggested the move has been prompted by an expected surge in demand for the free HSE distributed antigen kits due to the heightened mixing of households over the Christmas break on Posta outlets were due to close from one o'clock tomorrow, Christmas Eve. 
uh, until December the 29th but now they're going to be called back in and asked to go back in and work on December the 29th instead so uh, and and you know that the postmen and women will will answer the call those that are available and you know living locally you know that they will uh, go back in and do those uh, four hour uh, shifts but it's a, it's a it's a big ask of them as well because I feel a lot of them are probably you know when you get close to the holidays you keep pushing on and pushing on but you're absolutely exhausted and can't wait for the break and I feel that's the way a lot of our postal staff are probably feeling uh, this year. The one thing I can't understand about the antigen kits, and I've said it before on the programme, when the HSE decided that if you were deemed a close contact, you would receive an antigen you get the antigen kits uh, in the post. I think they, they send out four or five of them. But anyway, you have to do them, uh, three of them, one each each day over over two days. You do one and then two days later you do another one, two days later you do another one. Uh, and obviously if you get three negatives then you, you're fine, off you go about your business. And obviously if you get a positive antigen test then you must straight away refer for a PCR test. Um, and when they decided that they were going to, that's what they were going to do for close contacts, thought it was a great great idea, great suggestion, get the antigen kits out to uh, people. I did kind of think at the time, was there not an easier way rather than burden the already overstretched postal service and I had a simple I, well, I thought it was a reasonably simple suggestion that when the HSE are contacting people and they contact people by text and how I know all of this was a number of months ago Marcia got identified as a close contact and we got a text in from the HSE to say she'd been identified and that antigen tests would be posted out to her and they duly arrived uh, the next day but I remember thinking at the time could they not when they send out that text message to say you've been identified as a close contact could it not have some kind of a code on it that you'd bring to your nearest chemist and that the chemists would be able to because obviously all the chemists have the antigen tests and that the HSE could just deliver and get the antigen tests delivered to pharmacies. Now maybe it's, maybe there's a reason why they can't do that. Maybe the pharmacies are too busy, I don't know. But to me it seemed an easier and a quicker way of getting the antigen tests out because I know since they started introducing this we've had a number of people contact us saying that they're waiting on their antigen tests to arrive. I know certainly what I did in Marsha's case when we got the call on the Monday to say that she'd been identified and they would be sending out antigen tests. I had antigen tests already in the house so I straight away started doing the testing on her. She had her first negative on the Monday Actually, the tests arrived on the Wednesday. I'd already done her second antigen test on the Wednesday and then she had her third one on the Friday, which again were all negative. But then, of course, you know, sod's law. She ended up getting infected sinuses on the Friday night into the Saturday morning and she was really stuffed up when she woke Saturday morning. So I had no choice but to take her off for a PCR test, which thankfully was uh, negative. But you just, you just, you know, that's what you need to do. You need, particularly when she'd been identified as a close contact. But I think the HSC are right. I think we are going to see a lot of people testing positive over Christmas and there's a lot of people will be going home spending time with family members spending time with people that they possibly haven't spent time with 
certainly probably for the last year and there will be a number of people who will be identified as those contacts so there will be a huge demand I have a feeling a huge demand for the distribution of those antigen uh, tests so well done to the boys and girls of On Post asked to come back early from their Christmas holidays 1850 Bernie's taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 I don't know if anyone if any of our listeners have had a problem with an all-for-one gift uh, card. It seems, and I spotted this on social media yesterday, I saw a number of people putting up posts, you know, asking others, is anybody else having a problem with their all-for-one card? And it's picked up in a lot of the papers today about this frustration that some customers are having in trying to activate they're one for all cards. It seems thousands of people have been unable to use the all-for-one cards especially at this time of year during the Christmas uh, rush, they're encountering problems um, being unable to get through to the telephone helplines and that's due to a huge surge of inquiries. I mean, people were saying, they're not answering the phones, but I saw somebody say they are answering the phones, but it's just, it is so, so busy. So many people having problems activating their cards. The one for all cards, they're hugely popular as Christmas presents. I have to put my hand up and say, I've given out some as Christmas presents uh, this year and and I do uh, every year. Pity for people that you're unsure what somebody wants and if you ask somebody what they, what they want and would they prefer uh, to get a voucher to buy something themselves they do and, and the one for all is great because they can go to whatever shop they're not limited uh, to one particular uh, business anyway and also and this has been certainly happening in recent years a number of companies use the one for all cards to give their staff a Christmas bonus because by doing that they can give they can, they can give them a tax free uh, bonus and hundreds of companies have opted for the cards to particularly to reward their efforts that have made during the pandemic because companies are allowed to uh, benefits from a tax break they it allows employers to get a tax free bonus of up to five hundred euro a year each in um, if it's done through a gift uh, card rather than in cash so that's why. A a lot of businesses opt to give vouchers uh, instead. But then there's anti-money laundering rules and that means if any of these cards have a value of more than €150, the person has to verify online the card before they're able to use it. And that's where the problem is this year. Dozens of people were on social media yesterday airing their grievance, saying they weren't able to activate their one-for-all cards. Angry customers were complaining of a serious customer service issue when trying to activate their chip and pin cards. One person on Twitter said she was trying to activate the card to do her Christmas grocery shopping. But every time she went on to the website, it kept crashing when she tried uh, to do it. Then she was trying to get through on customer service and the phone line kept getting uh, cut off. Others were saying that the phones weren't being answered, but I think they were. I just think it was the volume of people trying to get through. Some people say that they're waiting days for the gift cards to be delivered to them. Now, the company that issues the cards has come out and admitted that it's experienced an increase in the volume of sales on the One for All gift cards this year and that's obviously having a knock-on effect. A statement said the extraordinary increase in the volume and in the value of the gift cards purchased by employers to reward their employees means that the processing of the gift cards is naturally taking a little bit longer and they go on to say that they appreciate the customer's patience as they respond to each and every query. So if you are one of the ones, as I say, I don't know if it's affected many of our, many or any of our, our listeners listening to the programme this morning. 
but just to say there isn't anything wrong with your card it's just the volume of sales of these cards this year and as I say it only affects people who have a card over €150 you need to verify it online before you can actually use it so you're going to have to be a little bit patient folks 1850 Barney taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 A 35 minute movie that was filmed entirely around Cork City and County will premiere on YouTube on New Year's Day day at three o'clock in the afternoon to chat about Standing Up. I'm joined by the writer and director of the project and that's uh, Gary Wade. Good morning to Gary. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, th- thanks very much for having me on your show here this morning. Well, really appreciate you're, it. you're very welcome. Just to get a little background to all of this, you wrote this as a TV show and I believe it nearly ended up on TV. Yeah, so the initial idea for the show was to, it was written as a, a six by, uh, so 30, 30 minutes, six parts. And um, we were going to develop it as a series. Um, I signed a TV deal, a TV development deal back about 2015, 2016 um, to, to do that. And the TV station we signed, we got into financial difficulty oh. and that TV deal went out the window. And then um, from there, we decided to make um, the pilot ourselves, the, the producers we got together. We said we'd make the pilot ourselves and we'd go to Cannes, to the television market over there. We went to MIPCOM. We met a lot of people. We met a lot of strange people as well, Patricia. <laughs> we met a lot of good people too. And um, yeah, we, we got presented with some funding. Um, Red Arrow wanted to get involved with us, who were based in Germany at the time. And we came back, and by the time we got home, we had 25% in Europe. We had uh, 26% in Ireland. But um, I suppose personally, it was kind of a little burnt out, to be honest with you. It was a very, very tough time. I was kind of driving the whole thing on my own because I'd written the, the project, directed it, directed it. I mean it also, and I was kind of you know, promoting it around all these places in Europe. It was very, very tough going. Between that and then COVID kicking in, kind of lost momentum. And as COVID uh, kicked in, we kind of all sat down, all the kind of stakeholders in the project, and we said, what we'll do is we'll release it New Year's Day um, on YouTube. We'll do a world premiere on YouTube, and we'll get the project out there. We had time across uh, COVID, Patricia, to put the final polish on it, get a bit of money together, get a bit of time together to put the final touches on it. And now that final project will emerge on New Year's Day and we're very happy with how it turned out. Well, you know? So it's it's the pilot is what you're actually releasing? And well, it's a special, really. It's a special, OK. The, the original configuration of it would have been a pilot. Yeah. But so what we did was we reworked it. We kind of reshot a couple of little bits to, to put a full arc in it and to put a full one-off special it's it's like anything you know you start writing you could write start writing something as a stage play and then it turns into a tv show you can mm. write a tv show that turns into a movie yeah, yeah. this was a tv pilot and a kind of indi- uh, an idea inspired by education which ultimately has just become a, a one-off special and well, that's done. What it well is. done now it centers around a corkman who dreams of being a stand-up comedian hence the name uh, standing up tell me more yeah, so the idea initially came about. I was lecturing up the country in University Limerick and I saw uh, an advertisement for um, Open My Comedy Night and that kind of brought a little bit of excitement and anxiety uh, into my own head in kind of equal measure. And I chickened out, like most of us do. And 
I suppose on the walk home, kind of developed this character in my head of someone who could potentially be a gifted comedian, but had a high level of anxiety. And from there, the following day, I started writing it, standing up. And it took me a couple of years in my head as I kind of threw the character around to realize what was actually up with the character and what was the basis for his anxiety. And as I observed my students, I observed so many of them who struggled with dyslexia. And then like, a, um, you know, an offshoot of that dyslexia came anxiety. And I just, I always placed, I, from speaking to these students, I just placed myself in their head and I just, I couldn't imagine what that would be like to be in that prison where you're highly intelligent or in our main character's case of genius intellect and the world perceives you as stupid. And Barry Collin, our main character, is basically a genius who cannot read. And he's played by uh, Ger Kearney, arguably Ireland's finest magician, but a, a fantastic actor also from The Wind That Shakes the Barley to um, The War of the Buttons, and it's portrayed brilliantly by him. Well done, well done. And I think a lot of people who have who have a, a, a dyslexia or a family member who has dyslexia will identify with the character of Barry. Absolutely, Patricia. And we find that it's something... You know, not to state the obvious, but if you walk into a college classroom or a class of primary school or a secondary school and you've got a broken leg or something, it's so visible. And dyslexia is like this silence. Um, it's like silent torture, really, for some of these young people because when all the other students in the classroom begin to write down what the teacher has to say, there's this panic mm. within that that student who, who has dyslexia. And I, I know it's everywhere, but I, I speak because from the perspective of the student because that's where I've, I've observed it most, you know. But, um, yeah, it's a very challenging one. And for those of us who don't um, have dyslexia, all but these things we take for granted. It's, and, it's, yeah, it's so hard for those of us who don't have it to understand it. Absolutely. And that was one of the missions, really, I set off and I realised how ignorant I was. I think with regard to the issue of dyslexia, I think if you want to be a well-rounded person in education, you've got to adopt many perspectives. So I was kind of, I became, um, you know, very much involved in trying to establish what that must be like to sit in a classroom and have this. And, you know, it's something, there's there's improved awareness now in Ireland with it. Thank God. Still, yeah, thank God, exactly. But still there's a road to go. And... You can imagine now in, in across um, lockdown, Patricia, that with Zoom and yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's added difficulty for the dyslexic student. And it's something, I, what we wanted to highlight was uh, that a lot of dyslexic people are very, very creative, highly intelligent, and not to be just putting these people into boxes. And when we, work, we worked with the author of At Home with Dyslexia, Sasha Roos, she was our dyslexia consultant, and she just, she blew me away with how she spoke about it, and so all of the people she works with, I met and interviewed, and then we developed a kind of stockpile of knowledge from which we could write the best script, you know, and from there we kind of felt the script came alive. Okay, and and you've mentioned um, uh, Gerald, who plays Barry. Barry. Who, who else is involved? What other actors? The other people involved, really, Pascal Scott, who's been one of Cork's best-known acting faces, is in there. Um, great guy, Carl O'Reilly from Red Rock. But there's some brilliant actors in there and actresses who who no one will ever have heard of. John Carroll Douglas is one of the most 
gifted natural actors I've ever encountered. Absolutely brilliant. Neve Colin, Neve O'Dwyer, all these people. Brilliant. And they're really something. Our executive producer, um, Rob Hayland, is a BAFTA-winning writer. And with, with Rob attached, we were able to call in a lot of resources, you know. And... Um, yeah, it's just fantastic. You're, fantastic. You're, you're, I, I can feel how proud you are of the end result, which is which is brilliant to hear in your voice. And where around Cork City and County did you film? So we filmed um, in the Lee Valley Golf and Country Club. Um, Dave Huan out there was very helpful for us. But we also filmed in Cork City, UCC, inside in, um, UCC Radio there and across the campus. John Paul Quinn and Kieran Hurley and these guys involved in the radio, they were brilliant. But we did a lot of shooting inside the city. And bar owners like Ernest Cantlin, Adele Curtin, they just gave us their locations. People are great. People are, oh, people are great. People, they, 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 they really are great. And our own Pierce McCarthy from our news team features. <laughs> we saw Pierce his name on the list. So that's our Pierce. Yeah, so it's your Pierce. It sure is. Pierce is that kind of voice. He's yeah. got the ice caps, wouldn't he? He's just got that beautiful voice he has. But he's, he's the voice of the MC, okay. our radio presenter. Across the across the thirty five minutes, and Pierce is a great guy. But there's been so many great people drawn into this. And I was on um, radio yesterday, and I was just saying that with a show like this, where we have very little money, and someone like me who's writing and directing is who is a nobody. You can the people who get get involved in this, they're only getting involved for the right reasons. Mm. You know, That's and you end up point. with just amazing people. Like Pieta House, now we're going to, um, this show is being released in association with Pieta House nationally. Um, the Two Norries podcast have become involved and the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. And it's, they're all non-profits, and as is this project, of course. And it's all kind of pushing a really strong message out there. And we're very proud of that. Yeah, people, people will be helped by a, a project like this, uh, Gary, uh, for sure. So YouTube on New Year's Day. Yes. Yeah, so on New Year's Day, it'll be there'll be a countdown okay. on our YouTube page, which is uh, Old Team Productions. That's O-L-D-T-E-A-M Productions. And it'll release there at, uh, at 3 p.m. Okay, and there's no charge to watch it or anything? No, there's no, no charge no. at all. But there, I have, um, there is an opportunity to donate to Pieta House, Brilliant. to uh, the Dyslexia Association of Ireland and the Two Norries podcast, three groups that are doing enormous things for mental health. And that would be the, the best response we could ever get if these things were supported. You yeah, know? we had the two boys on, on Tuesday on the programme. They're great lads. They, they, oh, they really are. Okay, super. so, and uh, I mean, you, you're, you're a full-time economics lecturer. That's your full-time job, is it? Yeah, yeah. this is so. I've been, in, I've been lecturing economics for about 20 years now. I want to run the Cork School of Economics. But I suppose I was always writing these scripts and movie projects and doing kind of music things in the background. And this was just one project that cropped up that I felt really strongly about. And I couldn't really rest till it was finished, Patricia. You know, that way I just really felt like unfinished business. And I don't think it would have got finished only for COVID, to be honest with you. Life was moving in a different direction and life was kind of really hectic. I would never have had the time to put it together properly. But I'm so glad we did now. And... um, Yes, yes, another another positive out of COVID. There has been positives. There has been a lot of positives and there's been a, a lot of time for reflection. And I think a lot of us see what's important now. Because I think before COVID, we were kind of constantly in search of the next great distraction, weren't we? Mm-hmm. And now with 
COVID, I think a lot of us, you know, this is important and that other stuff really isn't. So okay. it is a positive for sure. And any other plans for writing? Any other plans for writing? Yeah, yeah. there's always things that, uh, <laughs> there's there's always movie scripts and things that we're always fooling around with. Let's see what happens. I am, um, you know, uh, you have these things, there's certain, you know, directors and so on, they would say that, uh, every film you do takes about five or six years off your life at the end of it <laughs> because of the stress and all that. But we'll see what happens. There's a few things I have um, that we chat about in the background. And if they come to life, they come to life. And if they don't, they don't. So well, we wish we, you we wish you luck uh, with well, your, your so future projects, but particular luck uh, with this one standing up. Old, old team productions, folks, is That's what you need to write down for mm. New Year's Day, three o'clock on uh, YouTube. Gary, it was a real privilege and a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that. Thank and, you uh, so much, Patricia. Have a happy and a safe Christmas. You too. Happy Christmas to all of you. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Gary Wade there, the writer and uh, director of that 35 minute special called Standing Up. 1850 333 103. Bernie, taking your calls. C103. Fire officers are warning owners of e-scooters not to charge them in living rooms or hallways and make sure not to charge them uh, overnight uh, after a number of fires have been linked to e-scooters to chat further and to offer fire safety advice over the festive season. I'm joined by Jonathan Madden, who is the station officer at Mallow Fire Station. Good morning to you, Jonathan. Uh, good morning, Patricia, and a happy Christmas to you. And many uh, happy returns to you and, and everybody at the fire station. Uh, station. Now, the reported fires, they were mainly in the Dublin area. area. That's correct, Patricia, yeah. Um, I've actually been following it there the last few weeks. There's been two in Dublin there, um, and I think actually one of them was in a, an apartment block, and someone had actually been charging it in a hallway of a common area, say, in a block of apartments, but the risk... Um, that 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 caused him was that the fire uh, was obviously in the hallways and it was stopping people getting out of their apartments wow. of an escape route. You know that um, could have been serious. It could have been very serious. So there was two in Dublin. I think in the latter couple of weeks there has been none that I'm aware of in Cork County or Cork City, from what I couldn't read on the on the newspapers there. But in New York, there I saw that there was actually um, a, f- a couple of fatalities from us. There've been a high a high number of them over there in the last a couple of years. You know, it's probably new to this country now. These scooters. So again, um, it's it's they're kind of giving the advice that you buy a good quality one if you're buying one and use the proper charging needs, and that you would not charge overnight or anything like that, and you'd make sure that you charge in your presence so you can monitor what's going on. And if they do go on fire, that you disconnect from the power straight away and yeah, and because from the house, you I know. saw London Fire Brigade, London uh, as well. Yeah, they had fifty fires with e-scooters and e-bikes so far this year. So they're yeah, they're, they're really suppose, concerned. You know, they are probably coming, going to be coming more. I, I see someone even this morning on my way to to walk there at the that was coming through the town of Mallow on it. You know, and uh, so they're they're going to grow in the years ahead, and this is where the problem is. But once you like, you know, it's like anything. Read your read the instructions that are given. Um, make sure you don't charge it without you being present in the house or anywhere like that. Don't charge any hallways or anything like that. You'll be blocking other people's exit routes and stuff like that. And just, you know, use the proper charging needs that are with it and don't overcharge it um, and make sure you follow the guidelines and the instructions that are given with the, with, with the piece of it. And on the, on the charging of the e-scooters overnight, does that go for everything? I mean, I'm thinking of I people would, who yeah, charge suppose, phones yeah, and laptops. I suppose, Patricia, over the last few years we've, we've been chatting and, and I kind of my advice would be like that. 
try to charge your telephone, your mobile phone and stuff during the day. You know, your laptops when when you're present um, with them, because I suppose every anything that's electrical pose a risk. You know, and the risk is that that they could go on fire. You know, and uh, that's the advice I would give. You know, and, I would and keep an eye on leads, particularly if exactly, you've been using leads a that lead. they don't get frayed. Yeah. And, you know the way. Like, I suppose people have so many electrical devices in the house and just make sure that you know which lead is for which and you're not using a, you don't pick up, I suppose, a very cheap lead. You, 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 it's worth buying the reputable lead that come with the, with the apparatus that you buy, you know, and the phones that you use that you make sure you match the, the good quality with it because that's the reason you maybe pay a bit more for it, you know, is that the, the risk is that the equipment is, is right for the job, you know. Okay, smoke alarms might be a good extra Christmas present if you know somebody exactly, who doesn't yeah, have one. Exactly, and I suppose it goes back to the old one again, you know, that, you know, the toys will be arriving from Santa and stuff like that and, you know, batteries, you know, make sure you have a stock of batteries that you're not removing any batteries from the smoke alarms to oh. add to the toys and stuff, which can happen, you know. And, and then, then watch, you forget to put it back in. Yeah, and we'll get, to, we're, we'll get that in a day or two or the next day, but, you know, smoke alarms, look, it's, it's the old thing we talk about all the time, Working smoke alarms save life and carbon monoxide alarms. Uh, make sure they're checked every week and they're functioning. Um, and, you know, that, the, that there's a plan uh, for a night to check all the doors are closed, plug out all electrical equipment. Know where your keys, I suppose, is, is another thing, Patricia. You know, a lot of modern houses now will have the thumb-turn locking system on the inside of the door that you don't need a key. But... Um, know where your keys are and have an escape route I suppose it's something the family should sit down and have a quick chat about it you know um, matches and candles again at Christmas and scented candles we have so many of them now all the time you know and decorations then would be up around the candles which pose another risk you know um, hanging down and can catch fire very easily you know tip pans and frying pans just make sure they're not unattended you know when people are home now before they'll be coming home at 8 o'clock at night now that, um, you know just to make sure that if they're cooking anything that they use the right equipment um Tumble dryers as well, that they're cleaned out, that the lint and fluff can gather up in them sometimes and can cause an issue, you know, and open fire backyards if you put up in, you know, stoves that you're, if you're putting in stoves, but you that they're fitted properly. Okay, okay. It's just to, it's to keep everybody, everybody safe. I think the, the candles, because we all love candles, especially at Christmas time. We do. But we it's do. to look at where you're burning them. Exactly, Patricia, yeah, and it's just that, you know, we'd have so many, look, I see it at home, my own house, so many little bits of ornaments to make it lovely and make Christmas what we want it to be, you know, and look, it's, it's, it's a tough time for everyone as it is, but, you know, I think Christmas brings the families together and, and we try to spend that time together, but to, just to be aware that, you know, the candles are safe and where they are and they're away from anything that could topple over or be knocked by accident, you know, on top of it, and then which causes yeah. uh, these things are, are flammable, you know. Yeah, I, I remember uh, many years ago, a, a neighbour of mine had always had the tradition of putting a candle in the window at, at on Christmas yes. evening, and, and it's a yes. lovely tradition. It is. But her, nice she, she inadvertently was too close to the curtain. The curtain went up on fire. Now, luckily yeah, she and was there and spotted yeah, it, but like... It. That's it, Patricia. Do you know that if you have them lighting to make sure you're present, you know, and I suppose these elves on the shelves are hanging around as well. That none of them are <laughs> close, close to it, you know. <laughs> They're causing enough trouble without going yeah. up on fire. OK, and while most of us will be taking time off over Christmas, uh, Jonathan, you guys will you, yeah, be like, on yeah, duty? Yeah, there, there will be a crew on uh, 24-7 through the Christmas. Uh, we'll, we'll have a break, obviously, the, school, the crews will be split, but uh, we'll have time off. But yeah, there'll be 24-7, there'll be someone manning the station. And it's been busy, actually, now, Patricia, for the whole of December there. Has we've it? Been, we've been extremely busy. Um you know, and uh, it c- kind of goes like that, you know. Um, but hopefully, we'll have a quiet Christmas through it, and, and uh, hopefully, everyone will stay safe. And just, 
just take the advice of working the smoke lands. And I suppose just just something Patricia we're 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 advertising there at the moment across the whole of County Cork there um, for staff really. You know we have um, twenty stations covering the whole of Cork just back there. It's over two hundred firefighters. Um, and look, we're we're looking for staff, and if people want to check out the Facebook page, or I suppose or Cork County Council page under vacancies, they'll see um, the different towns that are looking for staff. Mallow is actually looking for staff at the moment. Um, we've we've a couple of lads retiring there to have their time done, and um, we're looking for staff. And I suppose look, if anyone wants to contact uh, the f- uh, Facebook page, leave a message there, or go on to vacancies the County Council, or contact myself locally. Look, I- I'll give many information. Okay, love well to. It's a look. It's, it's it's a demanding job. It's a tough job. But it's a rewarding job at the end of the day. Anyone that does this, um, you know, they, they they do it because they, they like doing it. You know, and it's a multitude. The, the training and, and skills we have is astronomical. You know, down from firefighting to water rescue to first aid. You know, we assist the, the ambulance in a big way. You know, and how long are you? Do, how long are you doing it? Uh, 20 years for the show, well, 20 years, yeah, done. and, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world, and um, we meet, you know, we meet a lot, we meet a lot of tragedy, unfortunately, but we meet a lot of lovely people along the way that we can help, and we know we've helped, and we do our bit, you know, um, and, you know, we've a lot of friends through the job as well and stuff, but, okay. yeah, look, they're, they're across the whole county are advertising, looking for people, and uh, um, if they go on to Facebook or any of them, and again, look, just the most important is stay safe over Christmas. Uh, working smoke alarm save life um, and if there's a fire get out stay out and contact the fire we give straight great away, words you know. of advice have a good Christmas and a safe and one too, Jonathan God bless. God bless take care bye bye, bye. that bye is bye. Uh, Jonathan Madden what a lovely man and he is the station officer at Mallow Fire Station 1850 Bernie's taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 yesterday when I mentioned after playing the Tom Jones uh, Catatonia uh, song of Big Maybe it's cold outside and I jokingly said I wonder if that song now become very politically incorrect when it's an older man trying to encourage a younger girl to stay at the night and we were just talking about how PC the world has gone and a number of people said about Fairy Tale in New York and we're wondering you know were we not were we not playing it and I, I it got lost in the other texts that came in yesterday, so I didn't get around to mention it. We've it, we've always played Fairy Tale in New York. There has been controversy about the song in recent years because of some of the words and some of the lines in the song and other radio stations. Don't know how many of them here in Ireland. Certainly some radio stations in the UK have opted not uh, to play it at Christmas time, but certainly we've been playing it uh, here on uh, C103. That's not my first time to play it this uh, festive season. And I had a lovely email in this morning from Gerard, who who says in his email he's one of our newer listeners he's kind of discovered us recently we've been around a long time Gerard but anyway and he's been listening to us and he's enjoying the programme which and really nice comments in his email and thank you for that but he actually spoke in the email about a number of things that we've been talking about on the programme this week one of them being has the PC brigade gone completely wrong and he asked was it possible that we could play his favourite and the best ever Christmas song The Pogues Fairy Tale of New York so Gerard hopefully you're listening at the moment and you got to hear it there and that you actually enjoyed it. He also in his email spoke about something we spoke about on the programme about the happy holidays and how people don't like the happy holidays and it was it was Donald Trump was is claiming in the States that he brought back Merry Christmas and Happy Christmas uh, because he said it was the PC Brigade gone mad as well with the, with the happy holidays. Jared in his email says, I've travelled extensively and I have never met any religion that objects to anybody saying Happy or Merry Christmas. And he said, likewise, I would always say and wish somebody Happy Diwali or Happy Eid uh, to those of different faith. Uh, 
faiths and he's also asked me to say hi to his friend Pat O'Donovan who seemingly is another convert <laughs> to the radio station as a, as a happy Christmas to you Gerald and I uh, hope you have a happy and a safe one. And then we've had an email in from a healthcare worker who is working all over Christmas and the healthcare worker is jolly annoyed. Uh, she says, I had to leave Dunn Stores in, on the Bandon Road where I've been doing my shopping for the last 25 years as they're not giving priority to healthcare workers this week. What a joke, says uh, Joan. I, I didn't realise, I thought that the priority for healthcare workers was when, remember when we were queuing up outside of supermarkets and on many occasions I was standing in a queue outside the supermarket and a healthcare worker would go to the top of the queue and would be allowed in. I don't quite know, what, Joan, when you say you're, you were looking for priority, was it when you got to the checkouts, if there was a queue at the checkout that you wanted to go to the top of that uh, queue? I don't quite under, understand uh, what you're looking for in pri- priority. So I don't know what's happening with other supermarket uh, chains when it comes to, because they have been really good about giving priority to uh, healthcare workers uh, and is it just this week because this is the busiest week of the year for all of the supermarkets that they're not doing it and I, I don't know what priority you've been given in the previous weeks particularly since we're not queuing anymore to get into uh, the supermarket anyway if anybody else has come across the, that issue uh, for Joan uh, she's very annoyed about it to, to the point that she left the supermarket and obviously I don't know whether she's gone, went back when it was a quieter time or has taken her business somewhere else thank you for your email to patricia at c103. I.e. On antigen tests that I mentioned, somebody has pointed out a mistake, yeah, and could be a problem with my suggestion. Could we not, with your close contact, go and get your antigen tests at the pharmacy? A listener says, Patricia, if a person is heading to the pharmacy to collect the antigen tests, if there was a customer in the pharmacy or the person behind the counter, are you not putting them at risk if the person collecting the antigen test then goes on to test uh, positive? And yes, I can absolutely see the point that you're making. But when, when I first made the suggestion about why couldn't you collect the antigen test yourself, I was thinking back to when it was first introduced, close contacts were told they didn't have to limit and their, their restrictions and their movements like for example the week that Marsha was doing her antigen test she was still going into her day centre every day and so I was thinking at that time but probably now you're right uh, now we're told if you are deemed a close contact you must limit your restrictions if you are uh, if you're fully if you're vaccinated with a booster you have to limit it for five uh, days and if you don't have the booster you have to limit your restrictions for ten days which of course anybody now or anyone in the last few days that have been identified as a close contact or have tested positive they're now limiting their movements uh, are in isolation for Christmas which is not going to be a nice place for a lot of people but yes I absolutely take on board uh, my suggestion is probably not as effective now as it would have been at the start and then someone else says Patricia I'm in that category in that we have a Covid case in the house the HSE has texted me and I'm now waiting to see do I need to go for a PCR or do I need to do antigen tests they told me if I get the PCR my doctor will get the results that makes makes no sense to me. Okay, if you've been identified as a close contact, you will receive the antigen tests in the post. You only go for the PCR if your antigen test tests positive. Then you book your PCR. As to your doctor getting the results, it depends on who books the PCR for you. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I know that. Remember last week or the week before? Was it last week I was out? I was. 
I ended up getting another kind of a really horrible rotten uh, infection and I knew that I, I I kind of had a feeling it wasn't COVID but then who, how do you know? How do you know? So I got up on the Sunday morning and went for and booked a PCR test for the Monday morning and then I got a doctor's appointment for Monday afternoon to see the doctor pending the results of the PCR uh, test but because I booked the PCR test myself online I got the results my doctor didn't get it. Now if the doctor books the PCR test then the doctor will get the results but as far as I know even if a doctor books a PCR test you have to give a mobile phone number and the results come back to that mo- to the mobile phone, phone number so I don't quite know uh, what, when, you, when you're saying that the doctor is getting it's not making any sense to you but as to the as to you waiting to see do you need to get a PCR or an antigen you'll get the antigen test they will arrive in the post you'll do your three antigen tests with a, a day one day three and day five if any of those tests positive then you need to go on for your PCR test but you wait to see the results of your antigen tests uh, first 1850 John in Ballincollig was on to us with a, a problem he had at his local credit union he was going in to make the payment on his loan and he pays 90 euro per month as payment on his loan he happened to have gathered up an amount of change around the house so he was giving in 70 euro in notes but he had 20 euro in change when he handed in the change, the teller in the credit union in Balancholic says there's a 2% charge on coin payment. And when John queried it, the teller of the credit union said, sorry about that now, but we are getting charged to put the coins into the bank. He said in principle he wouldn't pay the extra 2%. Uh, so he said he went away, got the paper money and he'll go back and uh, pay it on another day. He said surely coins are legal tender the same as paper money. Absolutely they're legal tender and therefore they have to ac- accept it. But because they are being charged rather than your beef with the credit union your beef should be with the bank. The banks now are charging for everything like that and I'm assuming if they're charging credit unions to lodge coins they'll be doing the very same thing with shops and businesses as well. It's Isn't it all going back to banks in particular are trying to get us to move towards a cashless society where none of us will be dealing in notes or in coins and that will suit the banks because it's cheaper for the banks uh, to work that way. So yeah, I think we're going to be, John, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that certainly into the future. On the all for one cards that I mentioned and there's a frustration that uh, thousands of people have over the last couple of days haven't been able to activate them. If you have a card over €150, you have to verify it online before you can actually use it in a shop or in a business online. And just because of the demand and they've sold so many of these cards this uh, Christmas, they say there's been an extraordinary increase in the volume of cards. And because of that, they're having a problem uh, responding uh, or processing all of the gift cards, but they are doing their best. They are aware there isn't an issue with your card. It's just an issue with the processing uh, of them. Uh, Mary says she got, she has one of those all for one cards. Oh, this is a funny one. She went in to buy sta- her Christmas stamps inside the post office and she said, oh, you know, I have that all for one card. I'll use that. And she said, they, they, you can't use an all for one card inside in a post office. And even though it's in a post office where you buy the one for all cards, I was not aware of that. I know when you buy the off one cards there's a little booklet that shows and you can go online to see 
uh, the hundreds and hundreds of businesses that accept it. I was, you've, that's a new one on me. I wasn't aware of that, that you can't actually use it inside in the premises where you, you yourself actually purchased it off one card or somebody else purchased it for you. And one of our Killarney listeners was on to say, Patricia, I sent a small package from Killarney to Bandon. I posted it last Friday and it hasn't arrived yet. I'm starting to get worried. Hopefully it's just because of the huge volume of post going through the system because normally on post is super reliable. Yeah, and they are super, super reliable. And again, what I mentioned, I started the programme by mentioning the boys and girls of on post and how hard they are working. I would imagine, Killarney listener, that that's exactly what it, what it is. It's just caught up in the backlog of post that is going through. I mean, if you posted it Friday, it probably didn't get sorted out until over the weekend and probably didn't go into the system until Monday. And remember, all of our post here in the south has to go up to Port Leash and then come back down the country. It just makes no sense to so many uh, people. So I'm imagining it's just due to, due to the volume. So hang in there. And where are we? Thursday. Oh, you've only tomorrow's the last day. So please, God, fingers crossed that it will make it there on time and in plenty of time for uh, Christmas. Back to All for One uh, cards. Morning Patricia in relation to the All for One cards. We had huge problems trying to activate two digital cards recently. I ended up ringing the office. It answered but I was waiting about 40 minutes so they are seeing a huge volume of calls. The rep agreed to convert my digital voucher to convert it into a physical card instead which hopefully we'll receive shortly in the post. I think on the All for One cards they should make it easier to use the digital cards and a note to employees please don't use digital cards as a bonus. That's from Denise in West Cork. Happy Christmas Patricia to you and your family. Many happy returns uh, Denise. I tell you I don't know if it was last year or the year before we had it was my husband got one of those digital cards and I just I remember the frustration of and I remember thinking am I stupid? Am I, am I doing you know, reading everything, everything I was meant to do, and it just took forever. I eventually, I eventually got the thing working, but I remember being totally frustrated with it and just putting it aside and saying I had to go back to it. You know, when you get that frustrated with something, it was like take a breather take a breather and go back to it and I did and I eventually got it sorted but yes certainly the cards the actual physical cards I agree with you are certainly easier than the digital cards but again is it the is it the way we're going we're just going to have to get used to all of everything being done now online which and I was thinking when I was speaking with Gary Wade who was talking about the movie the little short movie he's made that he's putting up on YouTube on New Year's Day and the central character is dyslexic and suffers really bad anxiety because of his dyslexia. Actually, when, when Gary was talking and he's coming at it from an educational point of view as a lecturer, he sees how, how young people are struggling with dyslexia. And with everything pushing us towards everything being done online and how many times during the last couple of years have we had people bemoaning the fact that everything is online and online doesn't suit everyone. You've got people who are just not that tech savvy. You've got people who can't be tech savvy because they don't have decent broadband. But also, what about somebody who suffers from dyslexia and has a huge issue with reading? I mean, moving everything online makes it extremely difficult for somebody, A, who can't read or write, but somebody who has a problem with literacy because of dyslexia. And that's certainly with the amount of people getting diagnosed with dyslexia, that is going to be a problem going forward for sure. 1850 Bernie's taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. 
C103. And by the way, I've just spotted Cork Bio uh, texting for anybody waiting on a booster that City Hall is open today for walk-ins. They're open from 8am to 8pm and about five, ten minutes ago there was little or no queues for walk-in boosters at City Hall. So if anybody wants to head to City Hall, if you are entitled to a booster, there are no queues. Now, as many people start to get very excited about Christmas, one advocate for the elderly here in Cork is reminding all of us to check in on the elderly in our community this festive season. And I'm delighted to say Paddy O'Brien has taken time out to chat to us this morning. Good morning to you, Paddy. Good morning, Patricia. Indeed, happy Christmas uh, to you. Now, because of COVID, many older people are shielding, because I know they hate the word cocooning, but many older people are just being really careful and mindful and trying to look after after themselves. So is it more important than ever this year that we check in on them to make sure that they are okay this year? It it is never, it is so important for the simple reason that many of the elderly people never got over the effects of that 21 months of being confined indoors like prisoners. Their children couldn't visit them. They couldn't visit it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Their children, their grandchildren can't visit them. They couldn't go on a mask, couldn't have friends. And for many of them, quite honestly, they haven't got over it yet. And for every day I speak to elderly people, and I can notice the people who have been affected, the people who are all a lovely, bubbly and happy, happy voice. They're, they're withdrawn, they're quiet, and they're lonely. That's the effect it has on them. And I, I'm coming across more loneliness now than ever, ever, ever before. And there's a great need this year for all of us to have contact with the aged, especially in every community. You have people uh, who are housebound, uh, of course, and living alone. These people should get special care from, of course, from their relatives, from neighbours and and, and friends. And what I would say to people that don't be embarrassed to knock at the door of of maybe some person you never spoke to, but you know there's an elderly people living in the house and ask... Are you okay for food? Are you okay for bread? Are you okay for butter? Or for whatever the case may be. Because 
You're better her off experiencing the embarrassment rather than hearing the tragedy afterwards. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, I that's... I'd for the elderly, Patricia, that, uh, for the most of the elderly, it's a, a joy, a joyful and happy event. But for, for many more, it's a sad and lonely time. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think did, there's I, a new cohort of older people this year that in, in previous years maybe would have travelled to uh, to you know son or daughter's house or would have had a son or daughter come to visit. But because of COVID-19, they may now, for the first time, find themselves on their own this Christmas. Well, and, and that's for that's definite. We will have many elderly people this year will, 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 will experience living alone, spending Christmas Christmas on their own. And that's why the importance of Bime Centre people contact is so important. Contact, contact. And I said when I did an article there last week in the Echo with um, uh, Breda Graham, another Sandbell uh, lady, and I suppose I said, it w- wouldn't every family, young family, adopt an elderly person? And when I speak about adopting an elderly person, Patricia, I'm not talking about taking a person to live with them. But if every family just said, I'm going to look after Mrs. Murphy or Mr. Murphy or whatever the case may be, and just knock on the door, are you all right? A phone, a phone call. Write them a card, write a card. I mean, I, I'm coming across elderly people that tell me they never, never, never get a Christmas card. Yeah. I, I visited a hospital <clears throat> some months ago to a lady, she was 99 years of age. She'd, she'd passed away since, Lord the mercy on her. And, I said something about the letters I had written to her, and she said, Paddy, no doctor could give me a prescription for medication that would give me the joy and happiness I experienced in opening a letter addressed to myself. Incredible, incredible. And I said to people, drop a card in a letter box to a person's house, or there may be a stranger, but you would know there's an elderly people living in the house. And I think contact is so important, very, very important. Another thing I would say is that what the elderly people who are housebound, what they missed most of all at Christmas is they're not going to Mass. Yeah. And I know they're living there, and you have an empty car going to church. At least ask a person that they yeah, want to drive. Yeah, I, I think that's a lovely suggestion, that that just to just to knock on the door and say to Mr Murphy, look, I'll be going to Mass on Christmas morning. Would you, would you like a lift? Yeah. You know, it's a simple it. thing to do. That's 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 just it. it, it just and as a, as a result of that, maybe on the way back and ask are they okay? And you can get you find out something about them. Or will they have someone calling? Have they enough of food? What what have you? But um, what people tell me, especially people down who are living alone, they said the sad part of Christmas is just after Christmas, everything still remains quiet. Christmas only goes on for a week, and they have no contact whatsoever. And I spoke to a lady last week. And she said, days would go by and she wouldn't speak to anyone. But she'd stand at the door at half past nine every morning, waiting with the postman. She's not expecting any cards, any letters. She just sits up and asks, she would ask the postman something. Just for what? A conversation. Just a conversation. Uh, I should listen, during the early days of the pandemic, uh, we heard of a woman who posted a letter to herself so that the postman would call and I just, that broke my heart. I just thought, my God. That's very sad. That's very, that's very, just, very, very sad. Yeah. And I, I, I've been saying for years, <clears throat> for many, many years, that loneliness is a great problem. Loneliness is like one of the, I'm you know, the medical profession, loneliness is like one of the, Conventional diseases that kills people, absolutely kills people, and it destroys people because they're fine and happy and strong, nice personality. But when they're lonely, they get depressed, they get sad and, and lonely, and the whole personality changes completely. And I think 
I'm a great believer in saying that we all have a bit in our power to bring a bit of sunshine into the lives of people, especially the elderly, a bit of happiness, and show them that they're loved. A lot of people are who are living on their own, and I know, and many of them would have children, and I won't sort of expand on this, but many of the sons and daughters just forget about Chris, forget about them. And they're not visited visit at all. And I said to another journalist this morning, a lot of um, elderly people down through the years have died of a broken heart, and the broken heart has been inflicted upon them, but they're very own. By their very own. Because but do those person, sons and daughters not realise, Paddy, that they will get old one day themselves? Yes, re- regrettably, the answer there is no. And, if, and the situation is this, for no, for no reason at all, no reason would be that they would stop visiting. In some cases, it's a social problem. The person might come from a poor area and she might marry a well-to-do guy. He lives on the other side of the city and then she just wants to bring her her own children up to see her mother in a corporation house. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, oh, that's happening. The, sna- the, sna- the snobbery of it. And, and the generation that we're talking about were a generation that so looked after their own elderly grandparents and parents. You and know, they were the generation that often had two and three generations all living in the one house. And that, that, that is for definite. And the generation you speak about, who are many of them now are in their 80s and 90s, they are the people who ran voluntary organisations, who started voluntary organisations for elderly people. You can say that down in Mallow, down in Mallow, out in Cantalk, out in Bandon, Mill Street, down in um, Ratmore, and down in Torsey, Scott, out in which there people that I know Elderly people who work for years and years for, with voluntary organisations. I know the people who work tremendously hard for the, the elderly. They work very hard with me, but the Irish Heart Foundation, and then they oversee all elderly people. And now they're confined indoors, and all they want is this, is just a bit of a company, company, and that's it. They're not looking for any massive expenses or um, presents, rather. No, but just... And I think it's very important if we could... Um, I would say to feel visionary, you get to get a phone, a phone number and don't be embarrassed to call to a house, knock on the door. And just ask. Because, but, but OK, I can see somebody's making the point. What about an older person who doesn't want people calling to them? They must be respected too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, you see, I, 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 I've been asked, told that for, over and over again. And I would say that person is, is entitled to live that type of life. But what I'm concerned about is that last year we had two tragedies in Cork, two tragedies in Cork, where at different stages, four months between that, two men were found who had been dead for three months. Now, I'm not going to mention the areas, but a built-up area with neighbours at both sides of the house. And that, that those people were never, never, were never even missed. So if a person wants to live alone... That's okay, but at least ask the question. Just befriend the person. <clears throat> can, can you go to the shop for something? Can you go, you know, can you help them? You know, all they want is, the most of the elderly people, all they want is a kind face, a kind smile, and that's it. And, and they'd they're, they're appreciate the help, you know. Yeah, just, just to check in that they're okay. And if they come to the door and say, yeah, I'm fine, about that, you know, that's okay, but it's just a, that hand of, of friendship. And, you know, if you've got the phone number of an elderly person, 
you know, call them up. You know, you, we, we sit in the evening time and, and people are scrolling on phones and, and tablets and, and you're doing nothing. You're whiling away an hour doing nothing. You could while away 10 minutes of that chatting to an, an elderly call, family I, member who will really speak, appreciate it. As I'm speaking to you now in your area and there are thousands and thousands and thousands to your programme from Castletown Bear down to Tranmel down to, into to Tipperary that there are people would know an elderly person and they never make contact with them. I'm saying, do it now. Do it the next hour. Just knock on the door. Introduce yourself. You don't have to come into the house. I'm not going in. And ask, well, look, I'm living down the road. My name is Mrs. Murphy. Can I help you? Can I be of any assistance? Do you want to lift the mass on Sunday? Um, give me your telephone number. Listen, if, any, if you want me urgently, that's my number. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to be pushy. Yeah, you don't have to be pushy, but you could just, you could light up somebody's day just by knocking on the door. Mary McCroom says her husband died last year and not one of her neighbours has called to her since he died. God, yeah. that's just so sad. And then Rose is um, in Tara's Shock. It's a fantastic charity shop in Dunmanway. And she says, Paddy O'Brien and what he's saying this morning is so right. The loneliness and the isolation is so bad. During the lockdown, the staff at Tara's Jock Charity Shop sent car and letters and we made sure to check in on our regulars. Uh, well done. Well, They were great. They, they really are a, a terrific bunch. And Paddy, you've been advocating on behalf of our, our elderly people for, you know, for countless years now and certainly I've been talking to you for over 30 years on, on this issue. Is loneliness worse now than it was say back in the 70s and 80s? Loneliness is worse today. Loneliness is worse today and I started off working the elderly Many, many, many years ago. I'm working with the elderly since 1955. Oh. I was a teenager. And how I got involved, I worked in a very poor part of Cork. And my job, I was a messenger boy. I had a messenger boy's bike, up and down to Fords, done up some good stuff. But the elderly people around the place, they got to know me, and I could do messages for them. And visiting them, I saw the loneliness, how helpless they were. There was no one cared about them. And that's when my work started in all my life. And when I started the over 60s, 45 years ago, 1977, I started that competition for one reason alone was to combat loneliness. But it's as bad today as it was 20 years ago and 30 years ago today. Because I think what happens to a lot of families because they, they, they provide their parents with a telephone and a television and they say, look, it's really a great company. So parents tell me this. Parents tell me this. Well, my John never visits me. He thinks because I have a television, I'm happy, and he phones me now and again. Whereas what the family wants is this. So don't have a little chat, phone calls. So to answer your question, it's worse today. Loneliness is worse today than it ever was before. There are more people affected by it. And that first lady there said something about her husband died. Mm. I spoke to Breda Graham last week, and I said the same thing for about funerals. And I said it to another station this morning. I always get, uh, if I say, annoyed when I go to funerals and I go to removal and people are shaking hands with the bereaved. It could go on for an hour. You go to the funeral, before mass and after mass, you have hundreds of people sympathising. But the bereaved people return home. We say an elderly lady after burying her husband, she goes home and she doesn't see anybody. And that's it. And what I'm saying to people is that it's after after the bereavement, after the funeral, that's why they want the company. 
That's oh, where they want the accommodation. That's very important. It's in the weeks and months, like like poor old Mary, in that, the, those weeks and months after losing her much loved husband and and she on and she on her own. Listen, you're a fantastic man as always. How has the last two years been personally for you yourself, Paddy? Very bad, <clears throat> because I just um, I had cancer, and I was in hospital for thirty four and a half months. But thank God, and I mean thank God, and the prayers that were said for me that I got, I made a full recovery. Well done. Thanks to Mr. Paul Sweeney at the Mercy Hospital. I'm saying the prayers, and it's prayers, 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 because the doctors reminded me of my age and told me, you know, for my age, if there's a serious surgery I was having, and they asked, told me this month before, and I, I still agreed, no, I wanted a surgery, I wanted a surgery, but th- which was a rough, a rough time, rough, because I live on my own as well. But thank God, I'm grand, I've turned the corner, and at, at the moment, what I'm doing, I'm preparing for the over-60s for next year. How are you? Well done. It was, was going to be my next question. Will we have an over-60s? We will, please God, next we'll year. Have, please God, on the 22nd of May, Great. hopefully, I have the City Hall booked. Great. Hopefully, and I remember we had a fantastic heat, and we had a great crowd on the matter. Thanks to yourselves, you gave a great publicity. The arts committee down there plugged it great, and we had a lovely singer, and uh, Mr. Fitzgerald, I think he works in uh, Charleville. And it broke my heart when I had to ring my contestants back in nineteen twenty in two thousand twenty to mm. say sorry. The, no, you couldn't couldn't go ahead with it. But please, yeah. God, twenty twenty two will be yeah. better and brighter for all of us. Listen, you're a fantastic advocate on behalf of uh, older people, and I can see by text coming in how appreciated um, you are by so many and people saying thanks a million for having Paddy on the pro- on the program today. Well, that really was my uh, pleasure. Have a happy and a safe Christmas, Thank Paddy, you, and we'll speak and in the new year. And thank, thanks sincerely, 103, for all the support that you've been doing through the years and going on the programme. And I appreciate it very, very much, Patricia. Our pleasure. We'll talk in yeah. 2022. God bless. Okay, Look after yourself. Bye bye. That's uh, the one and only Paddy O'Brien. And we're heading to Mallow Garda Station for our final cry, Garda file of uh, 2021. And I'm joined by Sergeant John O'Leary. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Now, uh, thankfully, it's been quiet on the crime front. Just a uh, couple of burglaries you wanted to... Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we just quite enough. We had two burglaries to report on last weekend. Um, the first one that there was at Deer Park in Charleston. Last Sunday evening on the 19th of December at, 17, at, at 5 past 5 in the evening, now, we believe the occupants of a two-door blue Opel Astra uh, entered the house and um, searched the home. There was a person in, in the house and left it when they came in, uh, but they weren't hurt, thank God. And um, there's a possible registration of the, of the, the car, which would be either 08 or 09KY, uh, two-door blue Opel Astra, and three males were seen leaving the house. So if anybody, like uh, Deer Park in Charles, would be a large house in this case, if anybody saw anything to please, uh, contact Charles and Garda Station at 063-21770. And when, when again was that? Sunday evening. At just five su- evening. Sunday just gone. Okay, just all right. Gone. And, yeah. you know, and the last number of uh, days have been busy, people out and about, you know, shopping and that. There wouldn't. It's possible there was a lot of people around. Yes, there would be coming and going, like especially yeah. Sunday evening, maybe being in Limerick, uh, that side of the county, or maybe in Cork, you know, coming back. They may have seen this car on the road, may have been driving erratically, you know, somebody might have dash cam footage, everything would help, like, okay. you know, but it was the occupants of a blue Opel Astra, which was a two-door, and um, the second burglary was involving the same car, uh, which was Saturday evening, 
it's occurred between half past four Saturday evening and it was discovered from the household that came back at uh, half past nine on Sunday evening. But the investigation of the burglar uh, puts the blue opal last again to the door at O'Callaghan Park in Kentuck. Uh, seven minutes past six on Saturday, the 18th of December, and we believe there was four occupants in the car uh, on Saturday evening and um, it was in the house in O'Callaghan Park for maybe 10 minutes it left at about 17 minutes past 6 uh, thankfully they left empty handed you know? so if anybody has any information again about that Blue Astra contact us at Kentork at 029 20680 or any Gala State But uh, cautionary advice make sure you have your house all locked up uh, if you're heading locked out up. even just even go, going off to do your Christmas shopping you might only be gone for an hour or two they, they'll get in and get out really quick but don't well, give them don't make it easy for them yeah, they're only out in about 10 minutes max, you know. So, I mean, they will spend a bit of time, but just make it hard for them if you have a lamp on the on and, uh, you know, secure the place as good as you can. Yeah, and no cash, obviously. Don't have yeah, any cash exactly. um, at home. Yeah. All right, and for the time of the year that's in it, some road safety advice, John. I suppose this is most pertinent. Uh, yeah, we're just appealing to people like, yeah, at the moment, we're standing at 128 deaths on the roads. That's 128, as we always say, that's too many. Like, it's not just immediate families, but there's friends of the people that have died, there's uh, cousins, relations, you know, that have, you know, suffering this time of the year because of somebody killed in a road traffic accident. Like, you know? So, like, to date, we have 4,453 drivers arrested for drink driving and 3,333 for drug driving, which is... They're high so, figures, John. That's nearly, you know, 8,000 people, you know, um, who have been over the limit of some sort, either drink or drugs, like, you know, that's an awful lot, like, you know. So, look, the usual message we're urging all road users to act responsibility. Do not drink and drive when you're using the roads throughout the Christmas New Year period. And I suppose I'd like that at any time, just because it's Christmas, but any time, do not drink and drive. You have to think of the consequences if you're stopped and fail a roadside breath test, you will be arrested be taken to Garda Station and you will be required to provide a breast specimen, a blood specimen or a urine specimen. And all drinking driving offences carry a minimum, the minimum is three months disqualification. So that's three months that you can't drive Off the car, road. can't take somebody to a hospital appointment, you can't do anything. So you just have to think of the impact this will happen. Like, you know, so look, simply if you're going out, it's like if you're going out for a night, you're going to plan where you're going to go. So plan how you're going to come home, I think, is, is the, the big message. Yeah, and, and I think at this time, you know the way people, and now I don't know how much people are going to be calling into each other's uh, houses, but you will have people visiting, you know, loved ones or friends or whatever. And the old tradition of, actually, you'll have a Christmas drink. If you've got the car parked outside, you pass on the Christmas drink and have a cup of coffee instead. Have a cup of coffee, have, have, have a soft drink or something yeah. like that. Because, you know, the, as you say, people call it the house. The measure is not the measure you will get in the pub. That's you it. Measure one glass, but you could have two measures in the one glass. Uh,
you know, get home safely, like, it's the biggest message, like, you know. Okay, listen, a huge thank you to you and to uh, all of the other uh, members of Garda Siakona who have presented Garda File throughout the year. Uh, you're always yeah. a fantastic bunch and we really appreciate it. Have yeah. a happy and a safe Christmas, John. We'll talk in the new year. Take care. Yeah, Take care. That is uh, Sergeant John O'Leary joining us from Mallow Garda Station. 1850-333-103. And I say that is the last uh, Garda file for 2021. And we'll have the last of our pet corner with uh, Jane Pickett in the next hour. If you've got a question with regard to any of the little animals in your house, are you looking for advice? Get questions in for Jane, please. 1850 103 you can text her whatsapp 0862 103 103 Do you remember earlier we were talking about fairy tale of New York and some thought we weren't playing it that we were uh, part of radio stations that around the world some of them stopped playing it because of some of the lines and some of the words contained uh, in the song Dennis was on to say Patricia there's nothing really offensive at all about that song fairy tale of New York New, New York it's just not a great song Dennis, the amount of people that will disagree with you on that. And by the way, I couldn't repeat the words that Dennis used to describe the song because that would be deemed offensive, uh, Dennis. Uh, But there's somebody who doesn't like the song. There are so many others, Dennis, when you ask people what is their favourite Christmas song. I'm sure it came out on top one year of, you know, they they normally do sort of polls on what's your favourite Christmas song. A fairy tale of New York, if it doesn't come out on top, it certainly comes out very, very high up. Actually, talking of Christmas songs tomorrow on Christmas Eve, uh, we try to get in as much Christmas music as we can. And I have the old Christmas CDs that I put away every year with my Christmas decorations and I dust them off and dig them out uh, every year and we'll try and play some of the carols and some of the songs that we don't always play here in the radio station that you mightn't always hear on other radio stations and I know a lot of people have been on about Frank Kelly's and the 12 Days of Christmas. We always manage to try to dig that one out so I certainly uh, will play that as well and we'll have the phone lines and the text messages going tomorrow if you want to play requests, if there's family members that you know you want to send Christmas greetings to if you want to remember people perhaps who are not going to be with you this Christmas because of Covid times there are people um, who haven't been able to travel people who were planning on travelling and can't travel now because they've been deemed uh, Covid positive or there were close contacts and that's between now and even the next couple of days until we get to Christmas Day there'll be more people like that you'll be planning to have somebody around the Christmas table and they they, they might not be able to make it this year so we will open the lines tomorrow uh, for requests as well and we'll try and keep it as light and as bright as possible tomorrow for the last one of the year and and as we always do on Christmas Eve we always take time out to talk to Alice Taylor I've got to the stage that Christmas Eve and my Christmas Eve programme wouldn't be a programme unless I get and put a phone call through to Inna Shannon to Alice Taylor and she's always fantastic she's never left us down including one year do you remember the Christmas of the really big storms and I'm not even going to try to say now what year it was because we had a huge debate about this a couple of weeks ago as to when exactly that was but you remember the year that particularly people in West Cork I had friends of mine in West Cork who had no power and no water for seven days I mean the country was destroyed with that storm that broke on Christmas Eve and I actually was in the middle of talking to Alice we were doing our normal Christmas Eve chat and the lights went out on Alice and we lost phone lines went down and everything just boom she was talking one minute and she was gone so we kind of had a half a chat at that year so we will have Alice on the programme tomorrow and we also have managed to track down a chef to join us it's always hard to get chefs on Christmas Eve 
because traditionally they're always uh, so busy. So we have a very got a very kind offer of a chef who's going to join us just uh, around the Christmas dinner and the, the food you'll be serving at the Christmas dinner. And I'm always conscious that every year on Christmas Eve, as we head into another Christmas, there will always be people who will be cooking the Christmas dinner for the first time. And I think the first time you do it can be just such a nerve wracking event if you're cooking for your family, maybe for the first for the first time. I just wanted to make sure that you get it right and the perfect turkey and the perfect ham. So we'll look for your questions. If you have a question for our chef tomorrow as well, you can get that uh, into us tomorrow when we're on air from 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Now, let me go to some of your comments uh, coming in. Uh, A lot of people saying that how lovely it was to hear Paddy O'Brien on the programme including one listener who's looking for his address because she, she wasn't uh, she wasn't aware that Paddy had been unwell. He's battled cancer over the last uh, couple of years. He's a wonderful man and I've asked uh, Bernie to see if we can, if it's okay to pass on his address but Bernie was making the point if you, because our postal service is so great, if you put Paddy O'Brien the over 60s talent competition Cork City, guarantee you <laughs> we get to him, everybody knows who Paddy O'Brien is but we'll try and track an address down for you but lots of people just wanting to send good wishes uh, to Paddy and uh, people saying just how much that they are thinking of uh, him and somebody said guaranteed that storm you were talking about Patricia was December 1997 and lots of people I think remember it because the last time we did it, people said, "I definitely how I know it was December of 1997 was because I had a baby that year. I was in hospital and I had to battle through the storm to get to the hospital, etc. So there are people who had a very significant event in their life so they know, can guarantee that the storm happened December of 1997. I think the argument that broke out and what confused people were, the last time people were saying it was 1998 because I think because it went into the new year, people were getting it a little bit confused. But December of 1997, says one listener, guaranteed end of. And when I was talking with Paddy about loneliness and the amount of elderly people that he's dealing with who are really battling uh, loneliness and in the middle of it Mary contacted us to say her husband sadly died uh, last year and she said now one of her neighbours has called in to see her since he's died and how lonely obviously Mary McCroom is feeling. Kathleen made, was making the point to say that there is a really good senior citizen centre in Barrick Place in McCroom that might be of help to Mary uh, who was bereaved last year and she also makes the point that there are four great charity shops in McCroom. She might like to volunteer at one of them. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I don't know where poor old Mary McCroom is with her bereavement but if you can get it, you know, just pick yourself up and be proactive about it I suppose is is Kathleen's point either join something like that a senior citizens uh, group or maybe volunteer at a charity shop and you know by volunteering at a charity shop A obviously you're helping out the charity but you also open yourself up to meeting new people and you know getting a new friendship group and some people are you know when they're now when we're talking about very elderly people who are lonely and isolated many of them bless their hearts because of physically or their health wise can't get out and about but for others who you know sit at home saying you know I'm so lonely is to try to be proactive and try to see what you can do about it see if you can make a new friendship group because I also got in a couple of texts in from people to say and I won't give out the name of this person because she's quite detailed in her information on her text but was just saying Patricia it was lovely to hear Paddy O'Brien speak on the programme my late mother used to always love listening and watching Paddy remember when he was on the afternoon show wasn't he on live at three 
he used to do a kind of a once a week thing on live at um, at three. And this listener then is outlining she's living on her own and how uh, lonely she feels and that she has one sister, but she's got a really fractious relationship, I suppose, uh, with her sister. And she goes into to great detail uh, on her. You know, just I always say to people, and I, and I know Joe Heffernan will back me up on this, just be careful of very toxic relationships. And unfortunately, what is the saying? You can pick your family, but you, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Sometimes, for whatever reason, we just don't get on with siblings. And if your sister is making you feel that upset, I would be, I'm telling you, if it was me... Uh, and, and and I know I see in your text that you're, you're going to spend Christmas Day with you and she's putting down all the rules and regulations about it. I tell you, I would be giving her the widest berth imaginable. And I would, as that previous listener said, do something, make that your New Year's resolution to get out and try and meet other people, get involved in organisations, uh, organisations, volunteer at a charity shop or volunteer at other charities. And you'd be amazed at the amount of friends, new friends you'll make. And this time next year, you might be telling a very different story and you might be celebrating Christmas with a whole host of different people and you won't have to be relying on your sister so much. But it is tough. It is tough. And and. Everybody feels when they have a toxic relationship like that with a sibling that they're the only ones that it's happening to. It's not. It unfortunately happens to a lot of other people as well. And someone else says, and a happy, happy and a peaceful Christmas uh, to you. Somebody else says, you don't have to be old to be lonely. You can have all of these Facebook friends and still you can have nobody present in your life. People are all over you on Facebook one year and then this year they don't even want to wish you a happy Christmas. Thank God I've decided to go off social media in the new year. Happy Christmas to all at C103 and many happy returns uh, to you. And uh, yeah, social media is another, can be a very, another toxic environment. And I've known of more people who have decided on that. In particular, I've heard of people who feel that social media takes up too much of their time. They seem to spend their whole time scrolling on social media. And for that reason, I have decided to uh, give it up. But you do, you you certainly do what, what suits and sorts you. But yeah, you're right. You can have tens of hundreds of friends on Facebook, but how many of them are uh, really friends. Okay, some other thoughts coming in on the, oh, this is back to the all for one voucher and the, you know, the problems some people are having actually activating the card. Here's another one if you're using an all for one voucher. Hi, Patricia. I went into my local supermarket to do my grocery shop for Christmas. You know, the big shop of the year. It came to over 200 euro. I had 100 euro all for one voucher. Great. And I produced that. But then when I said I wanted to pay the rest of the bill with my debit card, apparently they can't use a debit card along with an all-for-one card. So if you're paying for an all-for-one card, you need to then pay the balance with cash. The machine, the till machine, can't take two cards together. So it's it's as in all-for-one and a debit or all-for-one and a credit card. So I ended up having to put the bill on my credit card. Oh my God, that is, that's frustrating. But that's something worth knowing that if you are going to use an all-for-one card and you know that the bill is going to be higher, you need to have cash with you. And then remember the listener who emailed us because she went into Dunn's on the Bandon Road and she was very disappointed as a healthcare worker that they're not giving priority to healthcare workers this week and I'm assuming it's to do with it's the most busiest week of the year and they've decided they're not giving priority to healthcare workers. And I was in questioning uh, why, why, the, why this healthcare worker needed priority 
you know, queuing because you know, surely no one's queuing outside supermarkets anymore. Well, lo and behold, Anne was back on to say, Patricia, the queue outside that supermarket last night at 8pm, the queue outside was approximately 30 minutes. And then when you went inside, it was an hour and a half to get to the till. So I can absolutely understand the comments from that healthcare uh, worker. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's obviously, it's, you've got to pick your time, I suppose, if there's queues like that. And today, remember, I saw we read out a piece earlier on in the week there was a survey out showing that today the 23rd of December is deemed the busiest shopping day of the year and for people to try to pick their times either go early in the morning go late in the evening between now and one o'clock I think the busiest time the most money will go through tills at this time so I suppose you uh, you just have to have patience and it's looking like a lot of the stores now are not doing priority for healthcare workers you see I think the priority for healthcare workers stopped when we stopped queuing outside now obviously queuing outside now on Christmas week it's just going to be this week go back next week and there'll be nobody inside in the store so I'm assuming all of the shops have decided to do that to end the priority for healthcare workers unless somebody can tell me differently that they were in a shop that is giving priority to healthcare workers let us know 1850-333-103 Tom was just back from the post office in Castletown Road he went in to pay his phone bill the machine wouldn't accept the barcode and the lady in the post office said "Ah, Tom you're not the first it's the third one this morning so he made contact with three that's who he's got his phone with and they said they don't want people paying through the post office they want people to set up direct debits he said how are we going to keep our little post offices open if more businesses are driving people to go online. Tom is so annoyed that just before he called us he said I'm about to get into the car I'm going to drive in and I'm going to cancel my account and I will move to another company. He is so annoyed by it and again it goes back to something I mentioned earlier the cashless society more and more companies are trying to get us all to do direct debits and to avoid using the post office that's why we need to use any chance you can get to please, please use your post office. 1850-333-103 and to the lady who is who is waiting on antigen tests doesn't know she'll end up having to go for a PCR test COVID case in the house unfortunately and she said she was told that it was her doctor would get the results which wasn't making any sense to her and I was saying don't think so results all go back now maybe your doctor will get it as well but the, the results go back onto the phone the mobile phone number you give when you go for testing. And Eileen in Clan is backing me up and says, Patricia, uh, their doctor booked a PCR test for them and uh, last week and and she said we got a text message for the appointment time onto our mobile phones and the test results came back to the mobile phones I was thinking that and I think when the GP books it I think the GP also gets the results but I know because now you can book a PCR test yourself as soon as you have any symptoms you can go on and book your, your own PCR test and I know when you book it yourself because obviously your doctor isn't involved, the doctor doesn't get the results. But if the GP books the PCR test for you, then the doctor will get the results. But you will also get the test results back. And certainly, I don't know, it's getting so much busier now. It's still, is it still next day that people are getting their results? I mean, certainly last week or the week before, I'm all where I am with the weeks when, yeah, the week before last, when I did 
when I got my test, I got a test early in the morning. On the Monday morning, it was after eight. I got my test and I got my results. It was over 24 hours, but I had them Tuesday evening. I got the results to say that it was negative. So they are, they're doing their best, even though they are working flat out. 1850-333-103. We are looking for your pet questions, please, Jane Pickett. Our resident vet will be joining us for her final slot of the year. So if you have a pet question, you can get it in. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. Kilbritton Tractor Run, this is for autism, is going to be held next Sunday, St. Stephen's Day. Registration will open from 10.30am to 12.30pm and then the run will start at 12.45. Entry fee is €20. Please have the correct fee ready as due to COVID restrictions, no change can be given. Spectators are asked to please maintain social distance while watching the run along the route. And the Alzheimer's Society in Mallow are continuing with their fundraising for their new building and they're asking people to support Billy O'Connolly's Texas Hold'em game. That's New Year's Day in Mallow GAA Complex. They've got a four o'clock start. They're going to offer cash prizes and a hamper. Tickets €20 with all proceeds going towards the new daycare centre. And Mark Cody will be completing a 24-hour triathlon in aid of the Irish Cancer Society and he's doing that on the 2nd of January in Yall. Mark plans to do a three-hour swim, then he'll do a 12-hour cycle and he'll finish up with a nine-hour run. There's a fit man. We wish Mark Cody the best of luck. C103. And D in Goleen, when I just heard that uh, ad there for the Christmas songs that Nick will be playing uh, this afternoon. And we've been talking about Fairy Tale in New York and Dennis was on to say um, he doesn't find the song anyway offensive. He just thinks it's a rubbish song. Uh, D in Goleen says, I'm very much with Dennis on this one. I don't like it either. Christmas 1915. Tommy Fleming is fab. Happy Christmas to you, Patricia. All at C103. Many happy returns, D. And actually, thank you for reminding me that will be one I will definitely include for tomorrow because that's another one that always gets requested on Christmas Eve. And that is a beautiful song. That really is. I always get really emotional actually when I play that that particular uh, Christmas song. So I will. I'll dig that one out for you, Dee, and we will play it tomorrow. Somebody says, Patricia, is Country Clean collecting bins in Newmarket uh, this Friday, Christmas Eve? I would assume Country Clean are fantastic at notifying their customers. If you haven't received a text message to say that they're not collecting it, I would take it that they are collecting I'd say it's normal bin uh, service uh, right up to and including Christmas Eve unless you get a text message they're really really great about that a photograph I have to say that really made me smile is in the papers today it's of a farmer in his 70s a man by the name of Noel Ryan and he's from Cool Clare in County Clare and he is holding aloft with a great big smile on his face a framed you know a photo frame and inside in the frame are a pair of O'Neill's GAA shorts and I was like what is that and would you believe it's Paul Meskell's shorts from normal people and they are signed he's 78 I knew he was in his 70s and this farmer Noel uh, Ryan he's won the coveted pair of O'Neill's shorts signed by Paul Meskell and then after winning he admitted I never watched Normal People. I don't even know what the programme is uh, about. And we all, well, I certainly remember Normal People. It was really the start of the pandemic. It was back in 
early in 2020 when we were just kind of settling into what this pandemic was going to be with the belief should it only be for a few weeks and everything was was fine. My God, how naive we were in early uh, 2020. So normal people then came on. Was it on Netflix or was it on the TV? We watched it, I can't remember. But anyway, I remember sitting down and watching it, absolutely adoring it. And of course, we got introduced from normal people to this fine young actor called Paul Meskell. And young females and males indeed of a certain age all fell in love with this guy. And there was a scene in Normal People where Paul Meskell is playing football. Was he playing GA, GA? I think he was playing Gaelic Gaelic football and he's wearing these O'Neill shorts and they just became the rave and everyone started talking about Paul Meskell wearing the O'Neill's shorts and it kind of became the thing and all the girls wanted a, a pair of O'Neill's shorts just like Paul Meskell's. So Paul Meskell decided to donate it to a County Clare club this Cooler Clare GAA uh, club and they decided to raffle it and the lucky winner was this Noel Ryan who on receiving the, the shorts, the framed uh, shorts says I'm delighted to have won the, uh, the shorts they'll be pride of place in my home but he said I never once watched normal people. The Kildare man has, i.e. Paul Meskell is a Kildare man he has very close links with the West Clare village and his celebrity status obviously has proved a great winner because the local Cora Clare GAA club raised 10 thousand euro for much needed club facilities on the back of these shorts and seemingly the O'Neill shorts they cost about 20 euro but not a pair signed by Paul Meskell they're worth a lot more so they sold around 5,000 tickets and seemingly the club themselves were delighted that Noel Ryan won because he was one of the first to come up and buy the ticket because he wanted to support and seemingly he's been a lifelong supporter of the club. So I don't suppose he even knew what was the top prize in the raffle, but he knew there was a raffle for his local GAA club and he took put his hand in his wallet, took the money out and bought the ticket and lo and behold, his name uh, came out. Now, they, the, the one, somebody involved with the club said they sold tickets. They weren't, the 5,000 tickets were not just sold locally. They were people from abroad, imagine Paul Miskell fans, lots of people bought uh, tickets all because they wanted to win the shorts and wanted any, any, any bit of Paul Meskell that they could have. And Paul Meskell's father, Paul Meskell Sr., was actually born in this parish of Cora Clare in County uh, Clare. And he's got an uncle, Paddy, and he's got nephews and nieces and cousins who all still to this day are an integral part of the Cora Clare club. So obviously they got on to... Paul and said what are you doing with the shorts I don't know would you donate them to the club we will will you sign them we will we'll frame them and there you go and there's just this gorgeous picture of Noel Ryan thrilled skinny with himself and he said he's going to, to, to take pride of place he's going to hang them up in his home well done and congratulations to Noel 1850 let's take a break and we will come back when we'll be chatting with Jane Pickett our resident uh, vet if you have a question please for Jane, now is the time to get it into us. Bernie can take the calls or you can text or WhatsApp me here to 0862-103-103. And we are going to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Ministry Veterinary Group for our final vet slot of the year with Jane Pickett. Good afternoon to you, Jane. 
Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome. Now, a couple of festive questions in for you, including our first this morning for, from Paula, who has a beautiful Christmas tree in her sitting room. One of her dogs, she's got three dogs. One of them keeps cocking his leg against the Christmas tree. Why would he be doing that? Fully house trained. Interesting. This this little boy is probably trying to mark his territory with this new invader to his house, I think. Um, this can be really challenging at this time of year and it's something we hear quite often. It is not the easiest thing to break the habit of because once they've peed on it once, their scent is there and they'll come back and pee on it again. Normally, I would say if they pee inside in the house, the best thing to do is use a pet safe cleaner to remove any traces of the urine and ammonia smell so that the, the dog, let's say, doesn't have a, a memory of marking his territory there and kind of marking that as his new toilet. Um, but that's a little bit more difficult when you're dealing with a Christmas tree. Probably recommend just cleaning the area as best you can. Try and clean up as much of the smell as you can and then try and restrict access to the tree itself. Um, either with, let's say, just keeping your dog out of the room if that's possible or maybe just putting something in the way a little bit. Sometimes people put, let's say, presents or even you can kind of wrap fake, fake boxes at, as presents to kind of make a little barrier so that they can't get as close to the tree because they're probably going to be less inclined to, to, let's say, mark against something like a box or a present than they are against the tree but I'd normally recommend not using your actual presents as a little barrier because nobody wants pee all over their Christmas presents. So it's, it's a challenge. It's a seasonal one, certainly. But I think really just restricting his access to be able to cock his cock his leg just right next to the branches will probably solve the problem. He, but I mean, because it, I love the scent of a, a real Christmas tree. That poor dog just thinks it's a tree. I mean, he doesn't realise. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's what he's doing. He, he I suppose there's probably two things. It's probably the sense of, let's say, the outdoors. So he probably, if in, in his own mind, perceives, given that he's fully house trained, that this is a smell that he associates with the outdoors. So he might think it's okay to pee there. And a lot of dogs will mark their territory against trees. But also it's something strange in the house. So there could be kind of a behavioural component of what is this strange invader to my living room and I must make it smell like me. So there could be one of two things going on. So it's a little bit of a challenging one, but I, I really think kind of just taking away as much of his, the smell of his pee as possible, obviously, both for your own comfort, but to also dissuade your dog from marking that as his toilet in future and just kind of making a little barrier so they can't get right up to the tree may solve the problem. OK, and there's two listeners of the same problem, including Lorraine, who her cat twice has pulled down the Christmas tree. Uh, it, it's probably the same answer is to try to keep them away from it, is it? Try to keep them away. I think with cats, actually, there's an added layer of complexity here and the cat will try and pull at decorations and sometimes try and scale the tree. I've actually seen some very bad spinal injuries in cats from the days ah. scaling half of the tree and then falling off because it's not as stable as a tree in the outdoors. So although marking territory in the case of a dog is, is frustrating, it's probably not super dangerous as long as all of, let's say, the decorations that they might be able to reach are well out of out of reach and they're not going to ingest anything or chew at anything. That's kind of the main risk for a dog is chewing at decorations, whereas a cat chewing at decorations and ingesting them is a big problem, but also them scaling a slightly unstable tree and falling off halfway is a really big risk. Um, it's, it's, if your cat is taken to trying to climb up the tree, 
only have them in in the room with the tree with with you as you supervise them and if you're not there just you know restrict their access to the room the tree is in because I have seen some very very nasty injuries after after falling off Christmas trees Yeah and actually somebody else is saying this happened last Christmas one of their cats chewed one of the glass baubles ended up cutting all the inside of his or her mouth Uh, people need to be very careful about it because they can be really sharp they do. I think every year at least we'll get one at least foreign body ingestion from, let's say, a Christmas tree decoration being either swallowed whole or chewed up into small parts by either a dog or a cat. Sometimes it will cause trauma to the mouth because a lot of them, as your listener was saying, are quite sharp glass objects. But sometimes they can can kind of descend down into the stomach and the intestines and cause either a trauma down there if they're sharp, so cutting of the intestines, or sometimes in the case of longer decorations like let's say strings or tinsel, they can cause big problems um, as they descend down through the through the guts and cause all the guts to kind of uh, concertina down on themselves and that extremely dangerous I think it's best avoided and best to just let your dog and cat near the tree with them supervised if you can at all it's just it's not worth the not worth the risk to their health really. yeah okay Susan was on to say her mother arrived this morning with a doggy Christmas stocking for Susan's dog it seems to be filled with edible treats are they safe to give Susan wants to know no it's a, it is a doggy one it is a doggy one. I would assume if it's commercially available doggy Christmas stocking that there probably won't be any overt toxins in there. I think just cast your eye down the ingredients on the back. I would imagine that it is probably various, let's say, different types of treats. Things that I would just be a little bit cautious of are things like rawhide. Um, I certainly, as a, as a veterinary community, we're erring away from advising rawhide chews in dogs because it can actually get caught in the mouth and the teeth and cause big problems. Um, so certainly I would maybe avoid those if you can as an extra precautionary measure. Um, but just cast your eye down to the ingredients. Um, if everything kind of looks quite normal, quite meaty, then you're probably okay. One thing to be aware of is a lot of the time and um, these stockings will contain what, what sound like chocolate drops for dogs. The important thing here is they should be made of an ingredient called carob. Um, and that is a safe chocolate alternative for dogs because, as we know, chocolate can be extremely toxic to both dogs and cats and can be fatal in some cases if enough that's ingested. So that's, that's one possibility that you might notice that there's chocolate drops in the stocking. Just make sure they're not actually chocolate, that they are carob, which is a safe alternative. And that's why the tins of biscuits and the tins of roses and heroes and celebrations, be very careful about leaving them under the Christmas tree once they're opened. Absolutely. Any, And I think the thing is, at Christmas, we're all a little bit more relaxed. It's very easy to walk away from some chocolates or some mince pies on a table. And chocolate has a thing in it called theobromine, which is highly poisonous to dogs. And we know that a lot of the Christmas treats, like mince pies, pudding, Christmas cake, they have raisins and sultanas in them, and they can cause kidney failure in dogs and cats. So they're very dangerous also. So just be be a little bit mindful. If you have any little people in the house, just make sure that they're aware they shouldn't leave anything near where the dog or cat can reach it as well. Um, and just try and keep everything up and away from away from sniffing noses as much as you can. If your dog or cat does ingest any of these things like chocolate or raisins or sultanas, the best thing to do is just acknowledge that it's happened and call your vet. You know, it can happen to any of us. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. Speak to your vet. They'll be able to give you guidance and see, well, does your dog or cat need to be seen? 
um, to receive any treatment. But the important thing here is time is of the essence. We have a little window after pets have eaten chocolate or eaten anything else nasty where we can actually help them quite a lot by decontaminating the stomach, so getting them to vomit. But that's something that should only be done by a vet if it's suitable. And that window of time is about two to four hours. So, you know, it's really important as soon as you know they've eaten anything that they shouldn't have, call the vet and get some advice. Okay, don't wait on it. Okay. And Karen, who describes herself as new to dog ownership, is really enjoying her new life with her little Jack Russell. But she said in the recent cold spell, when she was out for a walk, she noticed that he was shivering when he came back. What is Jane's view on coats for dogs in cold weather? Do they need them? I think in a lot of cases, no, they most likely don't need them. But there are a few exceptions to that particularly older dogs or very young dogs, sometimes they're not able to cope with the cold as well as a healthy adult, as it were. So coats may be justified in that case. Some dogs may just be particularly light-skinned or not have a lot of body fat or hair covering. Prime examples of this would be things like greyhounds. My own little greyhound at home, as soon as the autumn hits, the coats have to go on because she just sits there looking sad and shivery otherwise. Whippets. Um, lurchers, things like that. There'd be other candidates for wearing a coat just because they're very lean in body mass and they have very light skin. Sometimes if your dog has had a recent haircut and they go from being very, very fluffy and well insulated to not so fluffy anymore, and I know lots of people like to get their dogs groomed just before Christmas, they may be noticing a change in temperature. So keeping an eye just for the signs of feeling a little bit chilly when you're out and about will be, I suppose, being extra quiet, quite reserved, or even avert shivering is really important to notice. And, you know, I think as long as you keep a close eye on the temperature of the the dog in the coat, so I wouldn't hesitate to put a dog in a coat for a walk. But once they're back inside, you need to be very careful that they don't overheat. Because whereas we can easily just go, oh, I'm hot, and take a jacket off, our dog finds it very, very difficult to communicate that they're very warm. And let's say panting will be kind of the, the latter stages of feeling overheated. So really, we need to just make sure that once they're back in the house, if they're normally in the house without a jacket on, we take that jacket off for them once they're back inside so they're nice and comfortable. Okay, and a final one. Has Jane any tips to stop a dog from jumping up on us? Now, I know it's excitement, but it isn't very pleasant, especially this week with wet paws. Can be a really difficult one. I'm, I'm afraid there's no quick fix. This is a little bit of a longer training game. I think two things you can do. When the jumping up does happen, the best thing you can do is ignore for a second. So don't engage with the dog and then try and use a command. So if you've taught your dog to sit or stay or give the paw, break the cycle of them jumping up to get attention by initially not engaging with their request for attention and then redirecting by, let's say, positively engaging with them through training. So, you know, using the sit or the lie down command and then positive reinforcement with either a little head rub or a treat would be a really good way of breaking that cycle. I think the best thing to do is what they want is a reaction a lot of the time when they're jumping up. So try not to, let's say, use a raised voice or anything like that, because to them, although it may be a negative response, they're still being engaged with, so it will perpetuate the behaviour. But this is one that you're going to have to work on a little bit longer term. I don't know if it's a very young dog or, or what, but uh, patience. OK, that's where we leave it. Listen, Jane, thank you for that. Thanks for all your contribution throughout the year and have a terrific Christmas. Yes, have a wonderful Christmas.
And we'll talk to you in 2022. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. That is Jane Pickett, the Idenwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street uh, Veterinary Group. And thank you to Mary, who sent in a text to say, Hi, Patricia, I saw online that Father Kevin McNamara has passed away in Kerry. He was a much-loved priest and a loved visitor when he came to West Cork for retreats. If I remember rightly, you interviewed him in the past. Can I send on sympathies to his family and friends? Do you know, Mary, I was I read something online or was in the paper, I can't remember, about Father Kevin McNamara and I'm sure I did interview him. I was looking to see I'm, he, he definitely looked familiar and, and I, I think I did. I actually do think uh, I, I did interview him so and he was and I know anything I've seen online about him or as I say I read on the papers much much loved uh, priest has uh, passed away so yeah I concur with your sympathies to his family and friends and indeed to all of his uh, parishioners and um, many happy returns to you Mary for a happy Christmas for you and your family Tomorrow will be our last programme here for uh, Cork Today for uh, 2021. But right across next week, we're bringing you some of the best bits of the programme throughout the year. Over the last number of weeks, we've been going back over and looking over programmes right since the start of the year and just picking out some of the show highlights, some of the interviews that we thought were particularly interesting people. And we just thought it was worth having another listen to those again. And we've packaged them all up into one hour shows, which will run across next week that week in between Christmas and New Year so starting on Monday there'll be a programme 10 o'clock every morning so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday and Friday of next uh, week Uh, and then we will return with the Norma Cork Today uh, programme on the following Tuesday is the Tuesday the 4th I'll be be all across next week not even knowing what day of the week it is but if you tune to C103 10am next week you'll get to see here the special one hour highlights show and a reminder to you to make sure you join us tomorrow for our Christmas Eve programme where we try to do less talk and play more music and in particular we're going to be playing all Christmas songs tomorrow and we will try our best to play songs that you don't normally hear on the radio certainly Monday to uh, Friday and we'll do our best to get through any suggestions that people uh, have and I know we disappoint people every year we try to do our very best and we'll open the phone lines and the text message service if you've got a request you want to send festive greetings to loved ones we'll love to hear from you tomorrow so my thanks to Bernie Murphy for producing today and we will be back with you for that special Christmas Eve edition of the programme tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock until then I'm Patricia Messenger a very good afternoon Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.